0: This morning's message is really a, a, a straightforward question that I hope to answer. Um, what should be the main focus in your life? What should be the main thing that you seek? What should be the main focus in your life? Now, obviously, when, when I ask that question, you can reply, Well, well it depends, isn't it? It d- depends who I am and, and what I do. Well, if you're, if you're a, a, a parent, then obviously one of your focuses should be that you should be a good parent, that you should look after your children, that you should care for them, that you should bring them up wisely, that you shouldn't uh, provoke them to, to anger, but that you should be a good parent. If you're a child, a son or a daughter, then your your focus should be that you should be the best son or daughter that you could possibly be. That you should listen to your parents, that you should respect them, that you should cherish them, that you should try to help out in in the house and, did I say it, tidy your bedroom. Uh, Kind of things that that you should be doing. And if, if you've got a job outside of the home, what should be your focus? Well, if you're employed, then your focus is that you should be a, an employee that is the best employee. That, that you're not an employee that, that only works when somebody's watching you. But that you are faithful and, and trustworthy and hardworking and reliable and dependable. You're to be the, the best employee that you should be. What happens if if, if I'm not employed? What happens if I'm retired? Well, you should be the best member of the community that you should possibly be. You should be somebody that that cares for the community, that that helps others, that that thinks of others more than you think of yourself. Really, uh, it's written for us, isn't it, in Ecclesiastes, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might as unto the Lord. So... Those are some kind of focus that we we should have in our in our lives. We've looked at the home. We've looked at outside the home. But then if we look up, if we look up at the starry sky and the rolling seas and the mountains. God's made those. What should our focus be in relation to God? You see, uh, when I said, what is your focus? And you replied, well, it depends who I am and what I'm doing. Well, yes, that's true, but when it comes to God, we should all, every single person, all creatures that on earth do dwell, every person that has ever existed should have the same kind of focus. Remember, in, in, the, in the scriptures, there was a, a rich, wise, uh, well, wise young ruler who came to Jesus and he said to Jesus, which, which is the greatest commandment? And, and he came, and, and this man asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was. This, this, this teacher of the law. And you see, there were 612 of them. And he said, Which is, which is the best? And then Jesus answered him yeah. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And this, this guy said, you've, you've answered wisely. You're right. What should our focus be in relation to God? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, when I went through the different uh, focuses that we'd have in our life, uh, we may have felt a little bit uneasy. I, I, I'm a son. I'm not the greatest son. I, I, I work I'm, I'm not the greatest employee. Um, I'm a husband. I've, I've made mistakes. I'm a brother. I'm not perfect. And I know these things. And some of you may also have the same sort of thoughts. Uh, well, I am a son and I'm a child and, uh, and I'm not treating people the way I should. I've said things in the past that I ought not to have said. I've, I've done things. Well, what can I do? Well, uh, where you can go and you can say sorry. But when it comes to God, how can we make amends? Because he is the creator and sustainer. He has given us all things. He has made us. He has kept us. He gives us breath. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. Everything we have has been given by him. How can we ever repay him? And that's just for for giving us all the things he's given us. And yet, when we start looking inside, inside the cup, we can see that there's not much good in there. In me dwells no good thing. We we can look inside our, our lives and we can say now, if God does see my heart, what does he see? Well, he, he sees sin. He sees transgressions. He sees iniquity. He sees things that I have done. You know, there's a, there's a, a very famous book called The uh, Mirror of Dorian Gray. It's about a man who, who never seems to age. He always looks young in his house. In his house, there's a painting and that painting ages and that painting gets disfigured and that painting gets twisted because it doesn't happen on his physical face, but it happens on the painting. Now when we look at ourselves, when we look deep down, we can see that we are all disfigured. when it comes to, what is the main point? What should be my focus? Well, our focus should be to love the Lord our God. Well, is he our God? To love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And our neighbor as ourself. And yet we know that we cannot do that. That, commi- that commandment Now, when Jesus said it to that man, he said, you have answered wisely. Jesus said, if you do this, you will live. Couldn't. He couldn't do it. He is unable to fulfill the Lord's demands. We're all unable to. So, what should our focus be? If we can't focus on loving God with all our heart, mind, soul and strength, what should our focus be? Well, I'd like to draw our attention to the end of chapter 5 and the words that the apostles preached constantly. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus if you were to ask the apostles, what is your main focus? What, what is your message to people? What, if you could only say one thing to people, if you had two minutes and you were to give them one lesson for life, what would you give them? They would turn and they would say, the Christ is Jesus. That's what they would say. That is, that is the focus. That is our focus. That's the focus for everyone in Cliridah. That is the focus for everyone in Swansea. That is the focus for, for everyone in the world. That should be their focus. What, what should we be thinking of when we when we get up in the morning? The Christ is Jesus. What should we think about when we go to our work or our, our daily chores? We should be thinking the Christ is Jesus. When people wrong us, what should we be thinking? The Christ is Jesus. When we come home at night. And we look over our day and we think what we've done and how we've made mistakes or how we've been successful. What should we think? The Christ is Jesus. That, that should be our focus. But you say, well, w- well, what does that mean? The Christ is Jesus. Well, first of all, we need to what the Christ means. You know, they're, they're a people and they make, well is that joke isn't it a woman goes to the doctors and the doctor says well what should I do uh, I'm, I'm, I've got this ailment and the doctor prescribes certain tablets and he says right okay take them one tablet every day for a week so she she goes and gets the tablets and then she comes back two weeks later and says it didn't work didn't work Doctor says, Well, you know, you had the tablets, did you take them? Well, I did take them, but you didn't tell me where I was supposed to take them. So what do you mean? Well, you didn't tell me. Did you tell me to, to, should I have taken them to the beach or should I take them upstairs? Where should I have taken them? You see, sometimes we don't understand what's going on and we need it explained clearly. So when here the apostles say the Christ is Jesus, The people they're speaking to know what they mean. They know what the Christ is about and who the Christ is. You see, the whole of this book is about the Christ. It's all about the Christ. You see, when you you go to school, there are three lessons or three subjects they used to say that you had to learn. The three R's, reading, writing and arithmetic. Those are the three things. Well, in Christianity, there are four R's. There is the ruin, the redemption, the regeneration, and then there is repentance. Those are the four R's. And when we we come to the Christ, we have to see that the Christ comes in and fits in these four R's. You see, there's ruin. Human beings were made perfect. There was a man and a woman and they were perfect. They were made by God. They were planted. Not planted. They were placed in a a garden that was perfect. No sin, no error, no, no problem. But the Lord said, one tree, one tree do not touch. But they sinned. They turned against God. And because of that, sin came into the world. And every person born through them would be a sinner. The ruin. The ruin of human beings. And that's what we are. We we are ruined. You know, the the scientists tell us that we're evolving and we're getting better. We're not. We're getting worse. Our bodies are getting frailer. They're getting weaker. Uh, We're suffering more from illnesses and symptoms that we didn't used to suffer in the days gone by. Why? Why? Because of ruin. Because our bodies are not as they should be. Our beings. We're sinners. We're lost. We're ruined. But God, you see, didn't leave the world like that. Because immediately after the sin, he comes in and he says there's going to be a saviour. Genesis 3.15. He talks about the seed of the woman. A saviour is going to come. I'm going to appoint someone and send them into the world. And this person will will crush the Satan. And then when they have children, okay, they name him. Oh, it's the appointed. It's the one that God has given me. And then when he has the second, they have the second child, Abel. They call him Abel, which means nothing, a wind. Because the first son is the one they thought was going to be the saviour. But of course, that, that wasn't the case. All through, all through the scriptures, we have people who are being raised up by God to deliver the people. Redeem them, take them away. Pay for their sins. Take them out of bondage. Take them to an animal that will be a sacrifice. Speak to them on God's behalf. Intercede for them. All through the scriptures we have these types of people. There's redemption. And then there's regeneration. Where we're told that those people who have the hearts of Adam, hearts of stone, hearts of sin, unable to save themselves. Yet God, in his infinite mercy, in Christ Jesus, goes and he lifts up the dead. He changes hearts. Of men and women. He just looks and he loves people with such a love that there will be a multitude saved on that last day because their hearts have been regenerated, changed by the Holy Spirit. And they are changed by the Holy Spirit for repentance. Because they are born again not by the will of man, not by the will of the flesh, but by the Spirit for repentance turn and they ask God for forgiveness and they trust in the Christ. You see, all the people that were there when they heard the Christ is Jesus, they didn't know who they were talking about. There's a person that was promised, the Christ. it means the anointed one, the one who has been set apart for a specific job. Now um, a long time ago, Uh, 1941 a man landed in Scotland there was a war going on Germany were fighting Britain it was a huge war World War two was going on and Hitler was was running Germany and causing all kinds of nightmares across the world and this plane landed in Scotland and in the plane was the number three in Nazi Germany. Hitler was number one, Goebbels was number two, Rudolf Hess was number three. And Rudolf Hess landed in Scotland. And he came there and he said, I, I, I want to negotiate peace with Britain. To get Britain out of the war. I want to negotiate peace. And so they, they said, okay, now, why have you come? I want to negotiate peace. Who sent you? Hitler hasn't sent me. He hadn't been sent by Hitler. So they just locked him up. interrogated him he hadn't been sent he'd gone there off his own bat to try and get peace he had no authority nothing at all (coughs) the Christ means the anointed means that that God has chosen a person and set his seal upon them and given them power and authority you know immediately scriptures are coming to your mind here's Jesus who says to his disciples Just before he rises, he says to them at the end of Matthew's gospel, before he ascends into heaven, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, teaching them whatsoever things I have taught you. Why? Because power and authority, all power and authority have been given unto me. He's the anointed. He is the Christ. And here, when the apostles preaching, they say, you know that person in the Old Testament that we've been waiting for? That anointed person, that's Jesus. The Christ is Jesus. What do we mean about the Christ? We know that he's anointed. We know that he's been set apart by God. We know that he's doing God's will. We know that he speaks the words of God. But but you see, when you were anointed because that's what Christ means, the anointed one. It meant you were set aside. So you had priests. The people had sinned. And so because they sinned, they needed to be made right with God. And so God said, are going to be sacrifices. There's going to be a lamb. And if any of the people sin, then they, they take a lamb without blemish, they put their hand on it, they confess their sins on the lamb. And then the lamb is given to the priest, and the priest then will kill the lamb. In the place of the people. And then we're, we're told that in the morning and the evening. these numbers 10. There's a lamb slain. A lamb slain in the morning because in the evening you might have sinned. For the people. And then in in the evening there's a lamb slain because in the day you might have sinned. And these lambs were slain morning and evening. Morning and evening. Continually. They, they were slain. Why is it? As a substitute. And then we're, we're told that when the people were in Egypt and they were to go out, the avenger of death would go across the whole of Egypt and take the firstborn. But the people of God were to get a lamb, unblemished, a year old, check it over for a certain number of days and then kill it. And then take the blood and put it on the doorposts. The sign of life. Letter of the Hebrew alphabet. A. And then the angel of death would pass over. Because the lamb had been slain. And then we're, we're told that there was one day for the people of God. One day, the day of atonement. And on that day, there would be a lamb slain. For the people. As a substitute. That God had ordained. Now God. Had anointed the priest. It couldn't just be any. Tom, Dick or Harry that said. Well I'm going to be the priest. No God had to choose. And select the priest. And the priest then. Took these animals. And they were sacrificed as substitutes. Now. Now. When the apostles said, the Christ is Jesus, they were saying, you know that priest, you know that priest, that priest that's been anointed, well, that priest is Jesus. But it's not like the priests we've had, the Levitical priests, because this priest is a priest forever forever. After the order of Melchizedek. Because in, in Genesis. There's the, the account of, of Abraham. And he goes. And he, he rescues Lot and his, his family. And he brings them back. And then he goes to the king of Salem. Who is a priest. And he is blessed by the priest. He is the priest. Melchizedek. And we're not told where he came from. And we're not told what happens to him. He's got no beginning and no end. And we're told that this Christ. This anointed one is a priest after Melchizedek. So, you see that the Jews are being told now, you know that priest that you've been waiting for, the one that reigns forever and ever and never dies, the Christ is Jesus. And we're we're also told that, that the kings were anointed. They were set apart by God. I have put my king, my Christ, on the holy hill. Psalm 2. And the oil was dripping down. Set apart. David's son. This is Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Christ, you see, there were many Christs in the Old Testament. Many set apart. But the three functions. The priest, the king, and the prophet. The man of God who was set apart. Who spoke. On behalf of the people. To God. And God spoke to him. And he foretold. What God had said. And he spoke forth. What God had said. And there was Moses. And he said. They will come after me. A prophet. Like unto me. The anointed. And when Jesus came into the world. He was. The Christ. Uh, the apostles. Are saying, first of all, you know the scriptures. The scriptures were saying that this person was going to come into the world. And you know the scriptures. This person is Jesus. Second part that they're saying. They're saying that all the promises of the Old Testament, all God's pointing. All God's anointing is placed on one historic person. You know, in the beginning of John's Gospel, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Everything was made by him, and without him, there was nothing made that was made. And we, what did he say? He said, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we have beheld his glory. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The apostles are saying, there's a real person, a real human being, who, and he has come into the world and we have met him. We have walked with him. In in the first letter, John goes on and he says, uh, he who our hands handled and our eyes saw, the the ones that we have heard, we, we speak to you. We are witnesses of these things. And all through the Gospels, that's what the Gospels are. The eyewitness accounts of meeting the Christ, the one who is coming into the world. Why is that so important? Well, remember he's prophet, priest and king. All in one person. Now the priest would take the lamb. And the lamb, you would have put your hand on it and confessed your sin. And then the lamb would be slain for you. And the Passover lamb, the same thing. The lamb was slain for the firstborn. Well, this priest, after the order of Melchizedek, is the lamb. He is the lamb of God. Who takes away the sins of God. Of the world, You know, John, John the Baptist, when he sees him, he, he points and he says, behold, the Lamb of God. He says, that's the one. That's the one you're to confess your sins to. That's the one you're to put your hand on and say, Father, forgive me, for I am a sinner. Forgive me because of this Lamb who dies for sinners. That's why we're told in the scriptures that Jesus says, whoever comes to me will have life. I am the lamb. He is the lamb. He is the good shepherd. He is the door that that lets you enter into heaven. Anyone who trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. Now, what is the main point, the main focus we should have? The main focus we should have is that there is a real person in heaven. A real person in heaven that has been set apart by God. And that real person is Jesus, a real human being. And he's been anointed, he's been set aside by God the Father. But this is the most amazing thing, the most amazing thing. He wasn't set aside when he entered the world, when he was born in Bethlehem. He, he wasn't set aside even by the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. And there was a virgin birth. His coming was from a world. Before the foundations of the world, he was the lamb slain. How how can this be? You know, at the beginning, this is where your mind starts exploding. Beginning of John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word. He's talking about Jesus, but in the beginning was the Word. The Word already existed. And the word was with God and the word was God. You see, this lamb, this Jesus, he's not just a man. Oh, he's a man, a human being like us. Bone of our bone, flesh of our flesh. But he's more than that. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder and he will be called Wonderful Counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace you see he is the messiah but he is god manifest in the flesh a, a, a human being and yet god the god man christ jesus you know in in john chapter 14 he he speaks and he says don't be upset don't be troubled at. I'm going to go to heaven and I'll come back and take you to be with myself that you will be with the Father. And, and Thomas says, Show us the Father and that'll be enough. And Jesus says, Have I been with you so long, Philip, that you do not know me? I and the Father are one, it's the same. The unity, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And here, Hear their preaching and teaching that the Christ is Jesus. What, what should be our main thing? Uh, our main thing is that there is a saviour who can change us from the inside out. And that saviour is Jesus. That the main thing is that when we have difficulties and problems, that isn't our biggest problem. Our biggest problem is being right with God. And that can be dealt with by this saviour who is Jesus and this savior who is jesus has been sent by god he is god manifest in the flesh because the christ is jesus so the the only question we have to ask ourselves is is that the main thing in our life is that the main thing if that is the main thing then nothing else matters nothing else matters there was a man and he owned a mansion and he comes home late one night and the mansion is on fire. It's burning. It's burning and there's smoke everywhere. And there's a crowd outside and the firefighters have given up. It's far too fierce. And they look at him and they say, Oh, your house, your home, your possessions, all gone. And he smiles and he says, Okay, they're not all gone. Look, there's my wife and my children. They're safe. Most important, my friends, the Lord Jesus Christ is the saviour. And it doesn't matter if your whole possessions, your whole life disappears. What is important for you? What is your treasure? What is the thing that is most important for you? Because we will give up this world one day. Our bodies will disappear. But those with God are forever. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He is the God of the living, not the dead. They are with him now in heaven forever. Well, until the last day when there's a new heavens and a new earth. The question you must ask yourself is, what is my main point? What is my focus? Let it be Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who is so sufficient. He is perfect. And the Christ is Jesus.